The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Use promo code SGPNBA to get 10% off everything in the store. Yes, sir. We are back with another edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. No me, no the voice, no guys. Me, really real, villain real, Terrell Furman Jr. here at your service. And when I'm not able to talk, I'm actually here uh, just feeling good about the futures that we have placed in the NBA today. Large, large slate that we're coming. Well, not large, large slate, but we have a lot of games to recap because we had a show going on before a lot of these games ended yesterday. But I got my guy Delonte Smith with me. Delonte, what's going on? Yep, doing pretty good, man. Uh, ready to knock out this this card and hopefully uh, get some winners on the last two games of the uh, of the slate. Um, okay. In the process of doing so. So we have about a total of five games between yesterday and the two that have already ended today. We had the Boston Celtics and the Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta won won that game 130-122. Boston leads series 2-1 there. Knicks handle the Cleveland Cavaliers 99-79. They have a 2-1 series lead in that series. The Denver Nuggets also handle the Minnesota Timberwolves 120-111. They have a commanding 3-0 lead in that series. Earlier today, the Brooklyn Nets got swept as Philadelphia won 96-88. That cashes a Philly minus three and a half games ticket for me. And for the Los Angeles Clippers, if they do anything, they're going to Clipper. Kawhi Litter misses another game. They lose 112-100. Between those five games, what stood out the most? Um, I would say... The Knicks just not playing that well and still being able to throttle Cleveland. Um, I think that other than that, I think everything else. Well, Atlanta surprised me. I thought they would come out and play hard. I didn't think they would win the game, and they almost blew it in the end, honestly. But um, outside of Atlanta and New York, nothing was really surprising. I mean, we talked about Philly. Even we got the NBA news after our after we handicapped the game, and I think everybody's pretty much like game state was the same. Uh, we just thought that you know Philly was a better team and. Brooklyn was out of it. Outside of that, man, nothing really jumped off the page to me. But I do think Cleveland's in trouble if they can't get any um, like contribute uh, contributions from their other guys because it's rough right now. And the Knicks didn't play that well and they dominated. So uh, that's one game that I'll be looking forward to watching. And I- I'm interested to see how Boston counters what Atlanta did to them um, in that game, uh, game three. So other than that, not much. I pretty much expected the sweep from. Um, from Denver, which is probably going to be coming tomorrow. Uh, yeah, man. So nothing really that outlandish happened. I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are. Yeah, I think that the most surprising thing has to be the fact of how efficient the Boston Celtics were offensively in that game. And the Hawks were able to match them stride for stride. It didn't matter. I think at one point they had like 13 threes in the first half. Mm-hmm. And they were still losing the game. And there was literally a threes counter on so many different sites, Twitter page of, oh, they're up to 10, they're up to 11, they're up to 12, they're up to 13. And every step along the way, they are still losing the game. So I think that that just shows the difference of what home road Atlanta can look like. 
And that is the pitiful difference of home road Atlanta, the fact that they were able to hit everything. And so I, I'm very interested in the Atlanta series as well and seeing if they can go ahead and save my plus two and a half games. But we will see. Before we get to that, I got to talk to you about underdog fantasy looky here so the nhl and nba oh excuse me nhl and the nba playoffs are here and the best way to get it down on underdog fantasy is some player prop parlays go out there and have fun take the slate add some nhl add some nba do whatever you need to do and cash a super juice player prop parlay and you can also get into the nfl best ball drafts they have millions of dollars in prizes head over to underdogfantasy.com use promo code sgpn get a hundred percent deposit bonus up to a hundred dollars that's underdogfantasy.com promo code sgpn all righty here let's go ahead and begin on the sunday slate here first game up on the docket 1 p.m on the east coast morning basketball for those west coasters we have the cleveland cavaliers playing the new york knicks in madison square garden where again the knicks have a 2-1 lead in the series looking to make a commanding 3-1 lead they opened up as a minus three favorites ticked down to minus two and a half already total Listen to this. The total opened up at 207 and a half <laughs> and it dropped. It dropped to 206. I mean, what are we back in the 90s? 90s yep. when we're seeing totals like this? All right. So, total of 206 and a half. Injury report for these two teams and we have for uh let me see if I can even pull let me see if there's any type of news on underdog about anything early. And I don't see anything concerning right now. So as of right now, it looks like everybody that can go is going to go in that game. All right. What about Grimes? Is Grimes good with his shoulder? Uh, it doesn't say anything oh, okay, about Grimes. Yeah, okay. I know he was. Uh, I think yeah. people were talking about it, like uh, in the post game or like later on that evening yeah. after the game about his shoulder. Let me oh. see. Let me. John's no, good. He's good. He's good though. Uh, let me check another site and see if they have up an injury report for the game. Well, he's not gonna sway the number or anything, but it's just nice to. It would be nice to have him. He has been playing well anyway. Yeah, two seconds. All right, confirm that I cannot get anything else on Grimes. I expect to see if him questionable. Looks like he's a game time decision. Yeah, so okay. Ian could be out. That's the only thing I see for Grimes. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. All right. Well, you let me know. What are you doing here laying two and a half with the Knicks at home? Yeah, I'm look, probably looking to play the Knicks. I just have to see more from the Cavs. Um, they were 24 and one when holding opponents under 100 points, but obviously that changes when you can't score over 80. Um, they had 20 turnovers. Obviously, Garland was like horrible. Uh, I think it was four for 21, one of seven for three. Um, so excluding the garbage time, the bench only scored seven points all by one person, which was um, Okoro. Like the you know the last I guess three or four minutes the other guys got in and they got a few points, but outside of that. Okoro was the only person. Danny Green was scoreless. Um, he had some good looks. He missed um, the ones that he was knocking out at home. He missed in, in the garden. So 
I don't know how much how much more they can get from those guys or if they'll be able to get some of those guys. I mean, the Knicks are obviously the deeper team. Um, they're better at their – outside of Donovan Mitchell. And I guess if you want to toss up with Garland, I mean, the Knicks probably have – like three through nine better players on the on the team uh, on the roster. So, well, except for Mobley, I, I take that back. Mobley is good. He's doing a great job on Randall. But yeah, I just think the Knicks are just too deep. Um, they pretty much have got the number of how to stop Mitchell, blitzing them on some pick and rolls, making them give the ball up, and uh, you know forcing other guys to beat them. And so far, so good. And like I was saying at the top, they didn't necessarily play that well. Uh, they played good enough, you know, against a bad uh, Cavs night offensively, but. We all know the Cavs aren't as good offensively. So these are those are the type of games that, you know, Thibodeau and the Knicks want to play. They want to play low-scoring, physical games. They want to beat these guys up. So I think it's more so in their favor, man. They look to take a, you know, commanding 3-1 lead and, you know, try to end it in Cleveland. So I like the Knicks here. Uh, man. I'm trying to decide if this is zigzag theory or not in this series. And it feels like that's where a majority of that sharp money is coming in is because people believe this is zigzag theory, excuse me, zigzag theory in this series. And the fact of, all right, the Knicks won one, Cleveland won one, Knicks won one, Cleveland won another one. And we're just going to keep going through that for a majority of this series. Uh I just, I really, really am hard pressed to see how Cleveland is able to keep up with the Knicks scoring or lack thereof. I mean, 79 points is actually insane. And I don't understand when you look at, like you said, and you talk about the roster, especially the bench production, because you're getting quickly able to give you a spark off the bench. He still hasn't had the series that he's wanted to have. You have... Uh, Josh Hart, who's able to give you something off of the bench. And, you know, he had the ankle injury, but he's still adding production. Even Hartstein's coming off the bench and been able to give you production. I I just think that they have different options to go to in terms of who's scoring off the bench, who can defend off the bench, who they're playing in crunch time, i.e. Josh Hart. And so I just don't think that – I think that if Mitchell isn't going, if – Garland goes, what, one for 14? Was it last time? Something like that? He started off like one for 12. Yeah, he went four for 21 total, one of seven from three. Yeah, like if he doesn't have a good game, there's nobody else to step up for this Cleveland team. So I feel like it's really, really chalk to take the Knicks here. And it seems like there's some sharp movement that's backing the Cavs, but I just can't. It'd have to be all Donovan Mitchell, and that's the only way I would take the Cavs, is just saying that Donovan Mitchell turns it on and keeps it on for the entirety of the game, and he scores 50 of the less than 100 points that they're probably going to have in this game. So, no, I'm going Knicks, minus two and a half. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, uh, totals at 206 and a half. I mean, can you make a case for the over at all? No, absolutely not. Uh, Four of the last five meetings went under. On average, by 20.3 points per game. That's on average. And these are totals. I think the first game started off at 224. It slid down. It was 221, 218, 216, and then it got down to the to where it is now. So, I mean, I don't think either team is going to be able to, to score uh, on the opposing defenses. So, I, I, can't take an, I can't take an over. I mean, the only hope we have is if we get one of those Brunson-Mitchell shootouts like it was in Cleveland. But – I mean, in the playoffs, I don't see that happening. Maybe one guy 
goes off, but I don't see both guys, you know, going for 40 plus in the game. <sighs> 206 is not a high total at all. It's not. 206 and a half is not a high total at all. You can accidentally go over this. Like, you can accidentally go over this, but it's also an early game. But, I mean, both these two teams are East Coast teams. You're not really – I I don't – I think it's that low, and they're expecting people to come in on the over because it's so low. But it dropped another point as well. I I, I have to go under, but – Man, that is that <laughs> right. might be one of the lowest. I think there was actually a Celtics game that had a lower total than this. I think there was a Celtics game that had like a 202 total or some point during the season. But oh, is that what all the guys were out? Maybe, yeah, I think it might have been against the Cavs actually, too. I don't know. I'm pretty yeah, sure that it. there was a Celtics game that had a lower total than this. Yeah, I, I might have to look into that, but all right. Props. What do you like prop wise in this game? Uh, the only one I really love is Randall under 23 and a half points. It's like averaging 17.3 on 18 of 55 shooting from the field and eight of 27 from three. So pretty much Mobley has been his primary defender for the most part. He's been, he's not been able to, you know, get to the line on Mobley or um, get around him. He's forcing up shots more than what he usually does. Um, he's only got to the line three, four, and four times uh, in the three games, so he hasn't been going to the line, getting comfortable there. I don't know if his ankle's bothering him or not, uh, but either way, I think Mobley's had his number, and I don't think that uh, he'll be able to score over 24 on Mobley again uh, this series. So I think they can win pretty much without his without his scoring anyway, as they've done um, in the two games that they've won. So I like Randall under 23-and-a-half. Yeah, I – and it's funny because I'm in a chat with uh, some guys from New York, and I was like, today screams – when I was talking about the game on Friday, I was like, oh, it screams Randall under. Like, it just – everything about coming back to New York and being in that playoff game just said that Julius Randall wasn't going to rise to the occasion. And he didn't. You probably could have got unders on a lot of other guys, actually. And so mm-hmm. uh, I'm with you there. I like Julius's under in that one. Uh Let's see. If I don't get, uh, I don't want to interrupt, but if uh, if we can get Grimes out, then I'll probably look at quickly because I'm pretty sure he'll slide into the starting role and get a lot more minutes than what he's usually been doing. So I'll just be monitoring that for sure. Even if Grimes isn't out, I still like quickly. That's what yeah, I was going to give yeah, out. And whenever they drop quickly props, is I'll mm-hmm. be on him whether Grimes is in or out just because even if Grimes is in, he's going to be there for a defensive presence only. He's not going to be there looking to score. So they're going to come – and get creative with the lineups and bring more scoring on when he's on so that they can be able to keep up with whatever attack that the Cavs are going to have. So quickly is definitely somebody I had my eye on. And uh, I think I have to go Jared Allen here rebounds today. Well, tomorrow. And it's because this series has been a rubber match. Like it's been a rock fight the entire series. And I need to start getting down on some of these rebound props. Last game, he had six and five in terms of points and rebounds. So that's not that good. But before that, 14 and 10, I think that he, I think that he can get back to that upper level of production in this game. So I'm going to be interested in a Jared Allen rebounds prop. It's probably a little bit. Yeah. So it's come down to nine and a half. It was at 10 and a half all series. And then he had a bad game. It's come down to nine and a half. I'm on the buy low sell high with Jared Allen right there. Give me the over nine and a half rebounds minus one twenty. 
Yeah, I don't hate that at all. Don't hate that at all. All right. Moving before we move on to the next game slate, gotta talk to you about the SGPN merch store because you can go get you a Reps Arterish t-shirt. Make sure you do that. And because of the NBA playoffs, we are giving off giving 10% off anything in the merch store. Go to SGP NBA. Head over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. That's SGP NBA. Get 10% off everything in the merch store. Okay. Let's move on. We had the Sacramento Kings and the Golden State Warriors in an early game on the West Coast, 12.30 p.m. on the West Coast. Golden State is a seven-and-a-half point favorite. 237-and-a-half is the total injury report here for these two teams. And let's see what they have. Uh, Oh, that is not it. This is not what I – there we go. That's what I need. All right. For the Golden State Warriors, it looks like, as we know, Iggy is not playing. (laughs) Gary Payton is a game-time decision with his illness. And here for the Sacramento Kings, pretty clean injury report for them. Only thing that's listed is Matthew Delvadova, who probably could have slowed down Steph Curry if he was out there. Maybe. He's done it before. He could probably do it again and then make another $30 million after that. (laughs) All right. Total just went down again to 237. As we are recording, seven and a half with Golden State. Can the Kings keep it close? Yeah, I think they can. Um, Draymond, this closed six, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, six, six and a half uh, without Draymond, if I'm not mistaken. And now it's at seven and a half. Uh, I mean, I don't know if that's like justified. I know the Kings didn't play that well, but I mean, shot 23% from three, uh, 38% from the field. So not necessarily the best game. Uh, Golden State had um, like 100, 100 field goal attempts and two uh, Sacramento's, I think, 82 or 92, one of those. So outshot them for the most part. But I think the Sacramento lost their aggression. I think they got too complacent with the jump shot, shot too many threes. Um, Malik Muck obviously didn't have it. Um, so some of the contributions that they were getting at home, obviously they weren't getting on the road, which was to be expected. This is this guy's first true road game in the playoffs. Um, now, can they counter? I think they got a good chance to counter with Mike Brown being the coach and um, him being able to adjust is something I'm looking forward to seeing, especially against Kerr uh, in this spot. It's a pivotal game, uh, obviously must win for – I think it's – I mean, obviously it's a must win for the Warriors, but I think the Kings got to at least keep it close to get some confidence so when they come back, because they give the Warriors that confidence and they go out and get blown out, then game five is going to be uh, a little tight for them. So I think Sacramento can keep it tight or wouldn't – I wouldn't be surprised if they won. So I'll take the points uh, with Sacramento for sure. So I'm with you. I'm taking the points with Sacramento. And it's more of one. This has been one of the best three-point shooting teams in the NBA over the course of the entire year. And they shot 23% in that game. Like and but they kept taking the attempts. They weren't afraid to stop shooting, and I think that that's the message that Mike Brown has been trying to get over on his team. Like the things that have been working for us in this series, playing quickly, not being able to uh, shooting the three, being able to play off the pick and roll, doing all of these things, playing with a whole bunch of pace. That is what he's been looking to do, and he doesn't look like he's switching that mindset up at all just because they had a bad game. And it was yeah, for certain they were going to have a bad game in this series. I think that that was it. And honestly, 
the seven and a half is very, very tempting here because of the fact of if those threes do fall, because Golden State didn't have the prettiest game either. Like if those threes do fall, that this game looks a lot different and it's going to be a lot closer down to the wire. I still do think Golden State wins and I'm sticking with my 2-2 going back to Sacramento and it's a whole new series there. And, you know, we'll see what Golden State, if they can't amount to anything on the road. But I still think this is going to seven. I still think that Golden State isn't completely out of it, although I am closer on the Sacramento side, seeing I have plus one and a half games ticket in my pocket. I'm going with Sacramento here to keep this one close and make it a three, four point loss, something a little bit closer to what we saw to the games in Sacramento. So, yeah, I like the plus seven and a half here. Total six come down a point and a half, 237. It came down while we were recording. Are you leaning towards the under as well? Yeah, I am leaning towards the under. Both teams playing more physical, obviously. Um, so I think they're obviously they're playing more, they're playing with more pace, but defense has ramped up. I've, um, Golden State at home is completely different defensively than they are on the road. I think they're 26 defensively on the road and top five at home. So that right there just goes to show they play with more effort and energy at home, just like most teams. But Sacramento, obviously, their um, offense travels. They're still their top five offensive efficiency on the road and at home. But like you said, they're taking a lot of threes. I think that is a part of the game plan. They're just not making them. So, so right now, I'm guessing that some of those guys don't make a lot more of those threes. I heard it was one for six. Um, Murray's one for six. Harrison Barnes, three for seven, not bad. Um, other than Fox, I mean, nobody really shot it well. And Clay didn't have a good game for Golden State either. So I'm assuming that both these teams adjust and make it a grind-out type of game with a little bit more pace, but obviously we won't see the, you know, Knicks, Cavs type of game. But I think we'll see more so, you know, 101, 110-ish, in between that range for both teams. So I'm leaning towards the under. Uh, I'm back and forth on this one. I think if I like anything, I like Golden State team total under. And just saying that Sacramento's able to respond. So, I mean, Sacramento, we got to remember, like just as good as Golden State is at home, Sacramento is equally as good on the road. They had they had identical home road records over the season. Sacramento had the second best road record in the entire league. So they're able to bounce back and they're able to find and get their bearings on the road. And I feel like I can get behind a team like that. I do kind of lean to this under. I just don't know. I, I guess I'll go ahead and say 237 and a half under, but there's no way I'm betting this one. I feel like that can go a little bit too different, too many different ways for me. Yeah, I agree with you. And but Golden, good yeah. that they're getting Draymond and potentially Gary Payton a second right. back for Golden right. State. So yeah. Sacramento's going to have their hands full trying to figure out an offensive identity in this one for sure. Right. All right. Props. What do you like? I like Clay Thompson's overs, like his over threes, like his over points. I think he's gonna have a, a big breakout game. Uh outside of outside of the game, was it game one that he had four or five threes? One of those games. That was the only game that he played well in. Uh-huh. Now he might have had the you know the stats to to back it up, but as far as like quality of shots and you know how he was looking, shooting those shots, being comfortable. He only looked good in that one game. So I think he has a bounce back game. I'm also looking at some Kevin Herter props, looking at his threes. We've seen him bounce back. He had a poor game one, bounce back with a, a really good game two. 
He was taking taking it to stuff off the bounce, uh, coming off the pin downs. So I look for more energy, obviously, from Sacramento being that they're coming off the loss. And we all know the winning team doesn't adjust like the losing team. It's just simple math. So I'm looking at those two guys to bounce back, Kevin Herter over his points and threes, and also Clay over his points and threes. All right. Yeah, I, I was I said it. I was like, Kevin Herter's gotta get going in this series at some point. Yeah. He he's gotta get going at some point. There's no like what's the probability of four straight bad games for him? Uh and same thing for Harrison Barnes, honestly. Like I'm I'm still waiting on a Harrison Barnes explosion game in this series as well. And I don't know if I'm getting there tonight or tomorrow night, but or tomorrow afternoon. But I, I, I don't know. I, I just, Harrison Barnes has, I've been eyeing him. I might decide to pull the trigger before game time, but. Uh, yeah, that's a good, I didn't think about that. But yeah, Harrison Barnes, let me see his, look at his log. He is, okay, so 6 of 10, 5 of 13, uh, 5 of 11. So not bad. Shoot, he hasn't shot the three wheel. 1 of 3, 0 for 4, and then he shot 3 for 7 in game 3. Um. Yeah, so I might look at his points and rebounds. Well, I'm, I might get there. I might end up getting there. At yeah, some I might be point. with you. I might be with you on that. Actually. All right. Uh, one thing I'm eyeing, and let me just make sure to check and see if I'm not crazy here. All right. Loney had 22 rebounds last time. Did was he? it 22 or 21? It was 20. I think he had 20. Now he had 20. It was 20. Yeah. Still, first two games of the series, he had nine and seven. The prop is currently sitting here at 10 and a half. Is there any look towards an under on Looney's rebounds, or does he keep up the incredible momentum he set for himself in game three? Well, I don't think he has 20, but he might he might be able to get like eight or nine. I don't think he gets over 10. Simply Draymond's back. I mean, so they're Draymond Wiggins. There's a lot of good rebounders. They could go small too. They could go small and push him off the court. Um, And some of those lineups at Sacramento likes to play late in the game. So that's, you know, that's his ineffectiveness of being able to guard. So because if they go with like Harrison Barnes at the like small ball five and play Harrison Monk, Fox Herder, and let's say uh, Trey Lyles, I mean. It's a bad matchup for uh, Looney to be on the floor. Uh-huh. All right. I think I'm leaning a little bit closer to the under there as well. And that's about it. I, I think the stars are going to star. You know, De'Aaron Fox, I'm going to be looking at his live points over once we get to the mm-hmm. fourth quarter. Especially if this is a if this is a rather close game. I think De'Aaron Fox can take over the fourth quarter and at least make sure they don't get blown out again. So, uh that's all I have for this one. Next game on the slate, we have the Boston Celtics going to play the Atlanta Hawks. Celtics are a minus six road favorite in this one. Open up at five and a half. Now it's up to six. 232 is the total injury report. Let's see if we have any updates from last night. Probably don't. But let's see. Boston, it looks like I feel like I saw somewhere that said Marcus Smart isn't going to play. 
Well, I see he's a game time decision. Was yeah, he's a game time decision. But I feel like I saw somewhere that they they're expecting to go without him. So we'll see what that looks like for the Boston Celtics and nothing here for the Atlanta Hawks. So I feel like everybody knows what direction I'm going. Can lightning strike twice for the Hawks? Maybe, maybe um, they they got to clean up some of the in-game stuff when they had momentum letting the Celtics back in the game. Because I felt like in the second quarter, they outscored Boston by 11 points. And they came out in the third quarter and laid an egg pretty much. I mean, they played them even, but at first, that was mo- that was momentum. They could have went up, you know, 15 or 16 and then got a little bit more rhythm into it. Instead, they back and forth and let Boston back in it, and then they got the confidence. Boston started hitting shots in the fourth. So I want to see what Quinn does to – you know, combat some of the things because the Celtics, like you said earlier, they shot the lights out at, at the first part of the first quarter. I thought they were going to run Atlanta out. They were making everything, every single thing they shot. They were making it smart. I think he had like 27, if I'm not mistaken, 27, 28. He was shooting the lights out. Even Grant Williams, first time playing all series. First, like his first shot. Attempt yeah, they, yeah, they rode him. They like, he yeah. had a pretty solid game. So yeah, they he rode did. him out there. He, they heard me say that their bench was a little thin and they yeah. pulled Grant out the woodworks mm-hmm. and grant was able to have a good yeah, game. credit to him for being ready like he just he was ready he played some solid defense uh-huh. yeah i'm leaning to atlanta i gotta look atlanta's been my kryptonite all year i'm not gonna lie to you like so i'm trying to not you know go back to the well and bet them but it, it's it's getting there i'm getting it. it's getting there for me i mean i i want to see what quinn does as far as adjustments trey was a little bit more effective off the ball, and then they let him close late. Him and DeJounte pretty much was my turn, your turn type thing at the end. But some of those other guys were playing well. I think Collins finally had a decent game. I like the you know insertion of Okongu instead of Capella down the stretch. He gives him a little bit more offensive ability. Uh, not much, but a little bit more than what Capella can do outside of lobs. Yeah, man, so I'm interested in Atlanta. I'm I'm going to wait and see if the you know public or push this number a little bit up, maybe six and a half. Um, but maybe live I'll be on Atlanta um, if it doesn't get to the number that I wanted to get to. But definitely leaning that way. Oh, man. I mean, was there ever any doubt? Um, really? Like, Boston had a near-perfect game on the road, and Atlanta still was able to take their best punch and be able to go out there and get a win. I, I'm I'm trying to tell you that home atmosphere for Atlanta is something different. It's no, really something different. Yeah, different. And that and I think that they can feed off of this energy and at least give us something good and something to look forward to uh for a good portion of this game. I'm of course I'm always taking Atlanta plus six against the Celtics. Come on now. It was never any doubt with that. But I would I think that my plus two and a half bet does kind of rely on this game. Just seeing how bad and how poor I didn't expect them to play that poor on the road in Boston. And so if they don't get this one here, uh they might be done in five. I hate to admit <laughs> it, but they might be done in five. So I'm pulling for Atlanta. Give me Atlanta plus six. Maybe they can give me and cash me that plus two and a half ticket right here today. Totals at 232 and a 232. It's just that pure 232. And I think that's what's that? About a point more, two points more than what we no, four points more than where we got it. Because it was at two, I got 220. I was looking at where I got it. I got it at 228 last time. So four points higher than that game on Friday. 
I'm still I'm still going with the over here. Are you looking to any type of adjustments here to make this go under? Oh, I can see it going both ways. I can see Boston coming out and you know tinkering with the lineups and making some Missoula making some adjustments to, to you know to fall or to halt uh, some of the Atlanta fast breaks and some of the transition threes that they had. I think they gave up way too many transition threes, and I think he might can fix that. On the other end, Boston's obviously not going to shoot that well. So it's kind of a Jekyll and Hyde thing. I don't know which way to go, but if I had to play, I probably would go to the over. Uh, I don't. And Boston's going to be able to score at will. Now, will they shoot that well? Probably not. But they'll still be able to score when they want on this Atlanta defense. Now, on the other end, if we can get Atlanta to play with some pace and actually, you know, not turn the ball over in key moments when they're when they have momentum, I think we can get there. But all in all, I'll lean to the over. I don't love it, um, but. I would lean that way if I had to play it. All right. Any props that you like for this one? Yeah, I'm probably going to stay away from the props here. Uh, I don't love love anything. I guess I'm waiting on the Marcus Smart thing. If he gets ruled out, definitely be all over Malcolm Brogdon and maybe some Grant Williams stuff because I think that uh, performance that he had will get him back in the rotation. And I think he matches up well with some of those some of that length that they have. You know, they have six – 10, 6, 9 guys all over Atlanta's roster. So I think he'll be able to play well there. Look at I would look at some of his threes rather than his points. So maybe his over on threes and uh, Brogdon stuff once Marcus Smart gets ruled out, if he gets ruled out. All right. Let's see. I'm, if, if Smart is out, then, I mean, this has to be Trey taking full advantage of getting a little bit more space in this in this series i know marcus smart's been on him like white on rice so um um i think trey has a good game we got we got the sadiq bay game last game we did we got the three threes that was at like i think that was when you looked around and you were able to shop around closer you could find that at like three to one odds for him to hit those three threes we got the oh, really? plus one and a half yeah the one and a half was at plus 135 I, I was able to lock that one in so any extra was absolutely great here i uh, i kind of want to go collins but i don't know if i'm there yet I just feel like this is the opportunity to buy in on these Atlanta role players and somebody else being able to step up, especially if the stars are going crazy. Uh, but it's kind of hard for me not to go. Like, now we're getting Bay at minus 107 at one and a half. I still think that's too low. Like, I, th- I think that he's good for two threes in this game. So I'm going to go back to the well with Sadiq Bay. Give me over one and a half at threes at minus 107 i think he can get it done for us again and just be an additional level score with boyan with all this other stuff uh coming off with boyan coming off the bench i think yeah let me go sadiq bay plus what's that no one and a half threes at minus 107 i'm going yeah, back to that i don't bet. hate that at all don't hate that at all and Okongwu. I know Okongwu got got shorted last time. He ended up mm-hmm. with five rebounds instead of six, but I'm going back to him. I just think this is his series, and he can has so many different ways to get more minutes and still be at a threat in this series. Over five and a half rebounds for Okongwu. Again, I'm playing that again. All right. Um, anything else you got for this game? No, I don't. All right. Let's go ahead and finish off with the last game of the slate. We have the Denver Nuggets. 
traveling, well, already there, playing the Minnesota Timberwolves, minus three and a half. This opened up at minus two and a half. It's now minus three and a half. 225 is the total. 3-0 elimination game for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, let's see. Do we have anything? Any type of report for these two teams? Let's see here. I don't have anything for Denver and Minnesota. We know McDaniels is out. Noel is a game-time decision. So we'll see if Noel is able to go. That's another scorer if he's not able to go tomorrow. Everybody, there's 94% of the money on Denver, which is why the line's <laughs> gone up to three and a half. Is this going to be the same situation as Boston last night, where there were some 90% of the money on Boston last night and Atlanta came through and got a win? No, I think it's more so going to play out like Philly and um, Philly and Brooklyn. Uh, to be transparent, I'm going to tell you, honestly, I haven't watched one single live dribble of the series. Not one. I watched the condensed version and like advanced box scores and, and stuff like that, but not interested in any part of the series. I thought Denver was the better team coming in, obviously, because obviously they're the first seed, but just I didn't think it was a good matchup for Minnesota. I've I've seen some of the things that people were discussing about Minnesota, you know, ha- having more, you know, pace and space without Gobert on the floor, but he was the only person to have a plus mi- a positive plus minus in the three games. Like he was the only one to have anything positive next to his name. I think Carl Towns was like a minus 15. Uh, even Anthony Edwards was, was not a negative. So it's, I mean, I guess if you, it's just how much you believe in plus minus and you know what to take from it. But I think it's a mismatch. Denver is going to counter whatever Minnesota does. Minnesota is going to come out, play hard, maybe the first part of the, uh, the first half, but after that, Denver will correct themselves and, and get right and probably blow them out like what we've seen in Philly, well, in uh, Brooklyn today. So give me Denver, land the points, uh, play them on the money line also. Uh, 94% of the money. 94%. 90% of the bets, 94% of the money. I really wanted to take Denver. I really did. And I mean, it's not for like it's not a foregone conclusion. Sharps and the public can be on the same side, but that is such a lopsided ticket count that it just. This is nothing against Denver. I honestly think this <laughs> is probably going to be a losing bet. I'm not even going to hold you, but I cannot back. 90% of the money like that. I, I just can't. I got to take Minnesota plus three. It, it's a system that's worked for me, you know, my entire betting career, and I'm not going to switch it up now. I If it happens, don't ask me how it happened. Don't ask me, oh, how did you know? I didn't know. I didn't know at all. <laughs> I'm fully prepared for this bet to lose, but I can't back that lopsided amount of money in this game. Like, there's... There's so many scenarios where Minnesota just gets up for one game. That's it. One game at home. Gets up for one game at home and avoids this sweep right here. I think they and had that chance in game three, and they didn't do it. I know. I thought game three was going to be it, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I hate that we're in this situation. But 
I can't back 90 plus percent of the money. I, I just can't. That that just will never sit well with me. So I am going Minnesota plus three and a half. Totals at 225. What do you like there? Yeah, I'm probably going to pass on the total. I, I, I've been getting smacked betting unders in this uh, in this series. So, like, I don't know what – I don't know how Minnesota can really just, like, impose their will on Denver. Uh, they don't have the guys. I mean, and we've seen Anthony Edwards go crazy and they still lose. Cat uh, had a good game last game. They still lost. So, I don't see any path to them scoring, like, over 115 here – even Denver's defense has been a little bit better than advertised, especially in the regular season from metric-wise. So I'll lean to the under. Don't love it. I probably won't play it. Um, but if I had to play it, I'd play under. Mm, I like the over. If I like if I like Minnesota, I think I like the over and just say that they finally wake up and are able to yeah, score the basketball consistently. Yep. So give me over 225. Mm-hmm. If I if I like Minnesota, I like Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards over twenty seven and a half because I'm done with Cat. So I mean, <laughs> it has to be Anthony Edwards for me. KCP got there for me yesterday as well, and so KCP. Uh, I was on KCP late in that one on my show, Harbor Culture. We was on KCP over one and a half threes. He got there, had a pretty solid outing, uh, but I'm um, yeah, Edwards twenty seven and a half. And I'll, I'll bet Conley again. Conley again, and that's the X factor that get, he gets a really good game going, especially from behind the arc. Over two and a half threes at plus 145. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. I like Michael Porter Jr. He's been killing it this series as a whole. They got no answer for him on the offensive end. Jamal Murray also has been killing it. Uh, I like Jamal Murray's assists, and I also like Michael Porter Jr. over his points. I think Michael Porter and, and Jamal Murray close it out in, in – Good fashion in Minnesota. Conley's been right there at that three-point mark, too. Two for three, two for four, two for four. Like, he's he just got to break through. He just got to break through. I like that Michael Porter's journey look as well. Anything else you got for this one? Nope, that's it. All right, let's get into our lock and dog. Delonte, what do you like on the slate, sir? Yeah, for the lock, I'm going right back to the New York Knicks. Um, I'll play it on the money line at the best number you can get. I see right now. And just – just full disclosure, I like playing – if I'm playing money line on a favorite, I like playing it between one and a half and three, depending on if you can get, you know, under like 150 uh, on the money line. Right now I see like 135 for the Knicks on the money line. You probably can shop around and get a better number. But I love the Knicks tomorrow. I don't think – I think Cleveland's pretty much met their – they met their maker uh, in the Knicks. More physical. Uh, they can have the inside presence to be able to sustain some of the things that Allen and Mobley like to do on the glass – Mitchell might go for 40, but they're going to need somebody else to help them out. So I like the Knicks minus 135 on the money line for the lock. As for the dog, I'm lighting the beam. Going with Sacramento. I think they win it outright here. Good spot for them to bounce back. Hopefully they don't, you know, go 23% from three. If they can just play an average game on the road, keep Steph in semi-chick, maybe like, you know, 27 instead of 33, maybe. But, uh, yeah, I think it's a good spot for them. I like the Kings to – Get it done on the road. Let's see what the number is. 280 plus 280 on the money line. All right. Let's see here. What do I like? Matter of fact, um, I 
Yeah, I can't get away from it. Give me Sacramento. I'm going to take the plus 7.5, though. I don't know if they win the game outright, but I like them to keep it close. I'll take Sacramento plus 7.5. That's my lock. For my dog, I'm going back to Conley, man. Two for three, two for four, two for four. In the three games in this series, he's going to break through, and he's going to get there. Give me Mike Conley over two and a half threes, plus 145. That's That's the guy that doesn't want to go home. There's a lot of guys on Minnesota that are perfectly fine, <laughs> want to go home. They want to go to Cabo. They want to live it up. Mike Conley doesn't want to go home. Mike Conley is going to give us the three-point prop tomorrow. So I will take his three-pointers over two and a half plus 145. All right, Lance, anything else for people before we get up out of here? Oh, man, best of luck. Shop around. Get the best number, and let's kill it. All right. Other than that, make sure you follow us on Twitter at SGPN NBA. Follow us at NBA Gambling Podcast on YouTube. And make sure you like and subscribe, all of that stuff, comment, whatever. You know what to do. Reviews. And the re- hey, we got some really fun reviews last week. I got to, we're, we're going to do it on Monday. We're going to save it for the crowd on Monday. But yeah. I'm, I'm going to definitely read out some reviews. There are some really, really fun uh, reviews. <laughs> And if you caught the SGP show, you might be knowing a little bit what I'm talking about. Other than that, have fun. Enjoy your bets. I have nothing else to say, nothing else to do. No other way of ending the podcast. We're just going to end it like this. We are out of here. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball.